This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Every holiday season, there's one toy everyone has to have. I want the Turbo Man action figure with the arms and legs that move. And the Rock and Roll Jetpack and the Boomerang Shooter. Getting it is every child's dream. Whoever doesn't can be a real loser. Finding it. You got the doll, right? Is this father's nightmare. I'll get that toy. I promise. Whoa! Nothing like waiting till the last minute, I would say. Especially on Christmas Eve. Christmas spirit. The last one just left. Now, it's two fathers. This is war. One mission. Woo! Oh, poor baby. <laughs> and every man for himself. Welcome along to the first ever Patreon podcast from you fuckboys, Guybo and Timbat. Uh, we just watched, due to popular demand... As, Jingle all the way. As chosen by the deciders. Jingle all the way dose. Yes. Yeah. No was... jingle all the way uh, too. D- did you see there is a jingle all the way too? I did not see that. Way after, like 10 years after, and Larry the Cable Guy plays kind of the Arnie role in it. That sounds terrible. I know. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about the movie we have just seen. And, uh, hey, fuck, this is weird. It's new. It's an interesting experience. It's so similar to the thing we normally do, but it's just different enough to really kind of throw me off course. It's so hot in here, man. <laughs> it's so hot. Oh, my God. We're in the studio, and it's been three hours. Yeah. Actually, we watched an extended cut of Jingle All The Way. Yeah. Uh, the cinema runtime was 1.29, but Sim found one. Uh, Sim found one, and Tim also found one that was 1.33. I am Sim. Yeah. For, for henceforth on the Patreon products, Sim. Sim, I'm your host, Sim. Yeah, and it's spelled with a Y, not an I. For 
Uh, so it's been over three hours. B to B, back to back. <laughs> business and to business. The thing with human bodies is if you leave them, uh, you leave them there long enough, they'll just start heating up. And yeah, they will, but they're very adaptable as well. They start finding interesting ways to deal with the heat. We're in a small space. We heated it up pretty good, pretty quick. Yep. So the first watch was a romp. It was a joy. The movie has an, like, it's got a pretty, like, good comic tone. It kind of knows yeah. what it's doing. Fuck yeah. Um, and the second watch was just this weird fever dream of just, <laughs> like, waves of consciousness. There's something that happens when you crank a room up this hot. It is. It does things to the mind. But, you so know. Tim's recording in a singlet. Yeah, which I is, am. <laughs> it's, uh, You're not wearing shoes. It's a, we're all trying to expose as much skin as humanly possible to the outside ear. Yeah. Just to try and increase our surface area that could that could potentially be I often be know down. you're wearing singlets but I never really see you in just a singlet I know you wear singlets under shirts sometimes I don't that often very rarely in fact I've seen you do it oh it's happened yeah it's not often this is a good movie I'm gonna put my stake in the ground fucking early and say this is a great movie but there's a couple of things that really jut out to me number one we need to He's gotten away with it now, clearly. I mean, the man went on to become governor of California. But someone needed to stop and go, (laughs) how is it that Arnold Schwarzenegger can just get away with in all of these family comedy films that he's made, of which he's made, like, probably dozens? No one is questioning the still such a thick Austrian accent. It is untouched. It is virginal. It's like he's just gotten off the plane or boat or whatever you get from Austria to America and Definitely a plane. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean... <laughs> I think he came over on a boat, though, originally. He was young, though, at the time, and very poor. Very poor. It's, a, it's, it's quite a, an inspirational story, It's actually. a very inspirational story. But you, you take issue with... Uh, just the- just acknowledge it somewhere and it never happens in any movie because with movies like this there's a lot of winks to the camera which tell you you know yeah, yeah, yeah we get it certain stuff gets acknowledged but never in an arnie film is the most glaring obvious thing which is arnie's accent ever addressed it's like it's in the contract I feel like it's you can see just you can see the writers and their brazen approach they're terrified of this question and so they're like, well, if we don't address it, maybe uh, no one else will. No one will notice the audience. But what they're not really reckoning with is just how thick. <laughs> it is deliciously thick. Like, it's gone off, I think. If I was looking at that cream in the fridge, and I was like, that is so thick, I think it's separated. That's how thick his Austrian accent is. That, is. My first test is a smell test, and then if it's thick, but I know that there's still some... Uh, not as thick cream in there. I'll just shake that up. Yeah, add uh, it back in. Mix it all up. Yeah. The smell test works on a surprising array of things. You can't it? fuck with smell. You can't fuck with smell, man. There's a lot of things you can fuck with, but I will never fuck with smell. Nah, you just don't want to do it. So reliable. It's, it's so reliable. Like, and back in the day where they used okay. to diagnose sick people by rank, like sniffing a wound. Rank the senses. Rank the senses. Five to one. Oh, boy. Here it comes. Gotta put sight up there, eh? You go, Pretty important. You go worst first. Worst? So worst, you go five first, and you're counting down to number one, which oh, is I'm the going best. down to number one, like a good old-fashioned yeah. countdown. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. So, 
Yeah, number five, bodily sense coming in for a fully functioning human is going to be the sense of touch. Oh, man, that's so low for touch. Yeah. Touch is great. I guess it is. Fuck, can I do a redo? Uh, Probably no, not. I feel like I'm tied into yeah. it. Um, why, did, why so low for touch? But oh, I just got joy. So, well, it's because the other four were just rolling around in my head so much and then I kind of freaked out. I went, ah, no, who needs touch? Anyone in any circumstance <laughs> where you could die. That's when. Or experience pleasure. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly... But you can experience pleasure... Um, th- the only kind of pleasure you can't really experience without touch is sexual pleasure. But you can experience lots of other kinds of pleasure. You can appreciate good art, uh, music. Uh, that's about it. <laughs> it would be quite good for art because uh, it would remove the curiosity to touch the work. It would. When you're and in so a you'd museum, be... there's no risk factor. Or yeah. a gallery, rather. No risk factor. I'm old enough to know not to, but if no one's looking, I will touch... Anything in a museum. That's what they don't tell kids. They say don't touch. As if like you you grow up like, and everyone just yeah. knows that. Bullshit. It's like don't winking, get caught, stop winking. Exactly. Touch anything in the museum. I'm going to lay it on my kid. <laughs> I will tell them up front. Right, I'll be like, s- here's all of the rule book. The rule is we tell everyone when they're your age not to touch anything. Fucking go in there and do it. Do not get caught. Yeah. <laughs> do not get caught. <laughs> and if you bro. do get caught, I didn't say anything to you. So touch at the bottom. Um, I reckon uh, next is going to be taste. Yeah, taste is number four. Now I'm actually going to put um, uh, sight at number three because I really value hearing. Because you're listening to this on a podcast. And number one is smell because, as I mentioned before, neither of Where was us sight then? fuck around with it. Sight was number three, I think. <laughs> yeah. Smell and then taste and then touch and then sight. Uh, sorry, and then... <laughs> no, uh, you've just oh, created fuck. an absolute no, scramble. No, 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 that wasn't it at all. It's okay. I think I lived I live with touch. Touch was at the bottom. Yeah, which I think is... Then, then I went taste. Still regrettable, yeah. Then sight, then sound hearing and uh yeah numero sound over sight you prefer you you prefer listening to seeing yeah yeah what's your take on that because that's the agile question isn't it would you rather be blind or deaf if you if if something Uh, happened it's i i think i obviously both of them are unimaginable to me and so it's hard to know but i generally think i would uh take um Blindness over being deaf. Yeah. Music is just such a key influencer. Yeah. It's really... And I feel like it takes you out of the world a bit less as well if you're blind. But maybe that's just my take on what the world is. I feel like if you're deaf, unfortunately, it kind of like... It's harder. I think it's harder. Maybe it's not. Don't fucking know. I ain't never done it. I've got the movie playing again for a third time silently as we're recording the podcast. Just as... I don't, I don't actually know why. It's additional torture for us. It's, it's a little visual nice. cue for what's going on. Usually when there's a moving image on a screen, mm. I can't help but have my eyes lock in on it. But because I've just seen this twice yeah. and it's just playing in the background, this is like... Wallpaper. It's beautiful. Uh, it's visual white noise. It's uh, it's like having sports on a, on a TV screen at a bar. It's comforting in some way. Yeah. And it's... <laughs> It's also a refreshing reminder that Phil Hartman is truly a gift to oh anything he touches. Oh, my he God. He is 
singularly like he's this character is terrifying but yeah he plays it perfectly it he is does. hysterical so phil hartman's character if you haven't seen jingle all the way and i imagine actually you probably have yeah it's so one I mean, of those movies that you've seen you know you know hey just let's take a moment right now close your eyes not if you're driving think about all the movies you've seen jingle all the way's in there that's yeah in that pile. it's in there somewhere it's slipped through it's in that DVD collection in your head. And you probably remember it quite vaguely. What you will remember, this is what I remembered from the film, is uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger flying through the air. Huge set piece. Happens at about sort of midway through the third act. They're setting up a lot of stuff. It's big. It's brassy. It's a former Mr. Universe being propelled through the air with a personal jet engine on his back. And there's something pretty cool about that. And unforgettable. It's- and the effects have dated terribly they kind of work though because the the whole tone is so cartoonish like everything ends in culminates in a huge set piece it does this movie does not goof around it's like but it does but it yeah yeah it doesn't goof around in goofing around it gets very serious about goofing around all the time It, it takes very little in this world more seriously than goofing around but they set up the stakes immediately i love it You've got... What are we dealing with here? You've got... Uh, a mattress magnate? Yeah. You've got the son of a mattress magnate who likes watching TV. He likes watching uh, Turbo Man. Mm-hmm. And he likes karate. He's seven-ish. And Arnie, his dad, is just working all together too hard. And also is playing things pretty fast and loose with the truth. He is... <laughs> Telling a lot of people he's on top of things, and yeah. he is not on top of <laughs> he's, things. He's not at all. First of all, the opening is a little bit strange only for one reason in particular. This is never returned to later in the film, but it's very specific and and kind of bleared out or, or uh, broadcast to you very loudly that Howie, our lead, played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, Howard Langston is a like a sales manager for a mattress company and he's on the phone during the Christmas party. Everyone's having a good time drinking the champagne, having a dance. Howie is in his office furiously just getting some orders off and he's receiving calls from people who on the 17th of December, I think you said you saw a calendar somewhere, on the 17th of December are wanting to order 10, 20, 50, 100 mattresses. And this is happening with enough regularity that he gets in the zone of picking up the phone, conducting the call, telling everyone it won't be a problem, which we later find out. Man, I don't think anyone's ever got a mattress okay. from him. And then always ends it with, you're my number one customer. Like this is the crazy phrase. thing to me, is he promises a lot of stuff to get done right before Christmas. He's like, hey, I know it's a stressful time of year. Don't worry, I got this. You're my number one customer. And then the movie proceeds to tell the tale of how much he's struggling at home. Yeah, there is yeah. a whole other movie yeah, you're where so the right. hell he has wrought on all of these mattress buyers. Yeah. He has promised so much and has literally abandoned ship. I it's- reckon it's a Bernie Madoff situation where the lie becomes so big that the only option is to lie bigger. <laughs> <laughs> like there's nothing else for it. And his, his mattress empire that's there is just on this mountain of debt and eventually it's kind of like if you get addicted to oh this is such a funny bit (laughs) (laughs) jamie the kid this is just like this little cutaway shot so howie arnold schwarzenegger has realized he doesn't have the doll he's got to set out on christmas eve right in the morning and go and find the action figure that jamie's got his heart set on because he 
Arnie didn't turn up to the karate belt yeah. ceremony. He feels terrible. He's trying to make it up. <laughs> There's just a very brief <laughs> shot. It cuts to Jamie, the kid. He's eating his Turbo Man cereal, puts a big old fucking spoonful in his mouth and just goes, hmm. <laughs> As if to go, yeah, pretty pretty good. I reckon they nailed the flavor on and this. And not uh, an acknowledgement to himself. Like, merch brekkie. Yeah, they got, it. they got this batch right down the old wheat mill. <laughs> good stuff. A good drop. Yeah. A was, fine vintage for Turbo Man cereal. It was a good crop for Turbo Man. <laughs> The ninety, the bumper summer of ninety six. There's a lot of genuinely super funny bits in this movie. I reckon. Oh man, Phil Hartman all the time. Yeah, he's running around with a reindeer right now on screen. It's just a lot of now, big, do- a big offers, and the movie just like they let all of them culminate in the biggest possible way at the end of the scene, yeah. and then they don't address anything that they just move on. They're That's like, how you make a good comedy movie. I, and I'm, I just want to address the elephant in the room. We are aware of, of Phil, how Phil Hartman went. And it's just, it's one of those things where it's so big and present in your brain that it's like you can't hear or see Phil Hartman without just going, oh, it's a fucking tragedy. But we're not going to dwell on that because this is a Christmas movie and it's about the Christmas spirit. And Phil Hartman is fantastic. This is two years before he passed away that he made this film. So this would have been one of his last movies. And we were pretty sure that Nancy Cartwright is in this as well, but I, I didn't see her name in the credits, so maybe it's... No, I, I didn't see it either. Do you, it is her, though, right? No, it just seemed like her. I th- I really think it's her. I'd be shocked if it wasn't. There's a... A very early cameo, a cameo from an early Chris Parnell. Oh, that is a delight. Who plays a very tom- uh, comical toy store clerk, and when, when Howie, Arnold Schwarzenegger, is just... More to, you know, you can't get these Superman dolls mm. anywhere. They have been sold out for so long, and it's just, it's ridiculous to watch these people, you know, scrambling around the toy stores because there's just no way this is going to work out. And he uh, asked one of the toy store clerks, he says, Do you have any of the Turbo Man dolls? And the toy store clerk, just played by Chris Parnell with aplomb, just laughs in his face. A full throated, open mouthed, and then wide eyed. Just he he gets laugh his, right at him. He a gets guffoff, a guffoff, 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 a guffoff. It's big, whatever it is. Guffoffing, guffoffing all over the floor. It's massive. Um, Chris Parnell, Cyril Figgis of Archer, and um, what else is he in? Jerry from Rick and Morty. Jerry from Rick and Morty, the dad, uh, very skilled and funny comedian, and he's. I think he's. He's fucked around a bit with John H. B. H. John H. John Benjamin in the past as well. Made some stuff with him. I would believe that. Yeah. Um, bloody funny. Now, we got to talk about Sinbad, because Sinbad's in this movie. And he's one of those guys who you go, whoa, I've never thought about Sinbad in the last eh, 15 years. What's that guy doing now? Don't know. I. I remember, uh, I don't remember the details of it, but I remember seeing this movie and liking Sinbad, because he does a good job of being loud and confident that movie that that memory of the movie wasn't from today though right no wasn't from one of the two watches that we just had this was from an earlier time yeah and then now i watch it and it's just Sinbad comes in at as top volume the top volume that you you can possibly be and it's just like I gave, Where have you got to go from there? Exactly. It, was, it gave him a little director's note because he is given in the script these moments that are 
sort of these big diatribes. And I mean, fuck, I don't know. I've never made a, a proper f- a movie. But my assumption would be when you get delivered like a big block of dialogue like that and you're kind of going on a tear, you want to start low so you can end high and then the comedy isn't seeing how far you've come. But Sinbad comes in at 11 out of 10 on the Sinbad, first Sinbad, by syllable. the way, is uh, <laughs> laid hands on a woman's neck in the line for the toy store. He's just grabbed it. It was a different time, though. This, even though this film's only 20 years old, which sounds like a long time, but isn't really. 1996 feels feels like, you know, I can remember that. Um, there's still, you know, stuff that has has not dated well. Oh, yeah. Some thoughts and uh, opinions and attitudes that have dated badly. Well, it's... But it's, it's sort of also... It's part of the overall tone of the film, which is just, you know, care, careless... Escalation. Well, not careless, carefree. Yeah. Childlike. Then that's the whole point. And, yeah, I don't know. Oh, there's Chris Pine now. Look at his big face. How old would he be in this? Uh, he looks young. Probably, looks like he's in his 20s. Probably 30 then, because yeah, they would have powdered right. him. You know, they powder you. They put a little powder on you. And Didn't you know suddenly, that. they take years off. Oh, trade secret, everybody. Yeah. Gather, gather around the fire. Well, let me guys, tell you. Guys are going to tell us the trade secret here. Uh, I've been haunting the forums, the actors' forums online, uh, and it's amazing who you run into on those Are you trying forums. to get in the movies, mate? Uh, just curious, curious about the industry. You're getting above your station, guy. About the practices. And, yeah, there's a makeup forum. And apparently what they do on these sets is they... They just put some powder on the faces of the actors, the people who are going to be on screen, and it makes them look uh, younger than they actually are. Here's what I'm worried about. You're off doing independent research into cinema on your own time, not your role. What we're supposed to be doing here is just watching movies repetitively and giving our thoughts out. I know. I don't want you getting too much intel. I think it's interesting to know how how certain things work. I know you think that, but it's actually very dangerous Do for you, you to get I mean, new information. Would, would, would you have thought that all of the people you saw on, on screen tonight have at some point sat down and had another person put powder on their face? I would say that's probably absolutely the case. Changes the way you look at it, doesn't it? It does a little bit, yeah. And isn't that weird? Where What's another context that you use powder in, you know? I think it's just knowing... You Unless know, you're an explosives expert. That all of these people at some point, you know, during the day that we're watching them walk around on tape, mm. had to sit down for a bit and be That's so powdered. boring. That's so that's such a boring thought. I'm amazed it's even in your head. Oh, it's in there deep. Fuck man. This this room has done a number on you. Your priorities are whacked out. <laughs> they are incorrect. I know I made some bold choices on the ranking of the senses, but fuck what you are talking about is boring. I can't express this is it, confidently is it, enough. Is it the most interesting thing you've heard today? That everyone in the movie had powder on their face on the same day I'm watching them do the same. You indulged it to the point it became boring. I thought there was going to be a twist at the end. No, this no. Is the bit where we it was a very sincere, sincere belief. Yeah. Okay, still boring. Let's talk about Rita Wilson. She plays basically the mum, 
or mom, as you say it in America. This is Arnie's wife. Uh, the role of mom, which was written once in 1991 and then just issued to yeah. all cinema release comedy movies. Put this one in. Until the mid to 2000s. Now, I can't remember what I'm basing this on, but I think Rita Wilson is a fucking cool person Mate. in real life. I think I've read some stuff about her and made an opinion of her that she's awesome. And I'm pretty you know, sure that she used to be married to Tom Hanks and maybe still is, but I'm not very good with the celebrity stuff. It does, yeah, I think what you think you know about Rita Wilson is yeah. now just what Cannon. you know about her. Yeah, okay. And accordingly, I also have a similar amount of information yeah. and I love her. I'm a huge fan. Yeah, she's very likable in this as well. She does a great job of... of just taking that um, pretty limited source material and being like, okay, this again, righto, <laughs> and just fucking knocking it out of the park. Yeah. She plays the role of uh, sort of put upon... Set upon. Wife and mother. Mm. To Set upon by Phil Hartman. Yeah. Phil Hartman's character, <laughs> one of the character traits he has is he's a massive creep <laughs> who's a divorced uh neighborhood sleaze uh who like goes and helps out uh with odd jobs around the housewives homes and he fucks all of them he's developed a intricate and secretive code language (laughs) to use with the uh woman of the neighborhood when they're out in public whereby they reference around the house chores and it's actually euphemisms for sexual favors (laughs) that they want phil hartman to come and perform at on one them. point, one of them says uh, she needs a hand with the porch light and it would be great <laughs> if he could come up because he's so handy. And uh, Phil Hartman says, um, I've got just the right tool for the job. <laughs> and you know he's talking about his dick. And you know it. It's dripping <laughs> off the line. It's so, all and there. everyone in the cinema. This is a kids' movie, I'm pretty sure. Oh, man, I love that. And I was, I was actually thinking about that as we were watching us. I was thinking to myself, they don't do that anymore, but that's bullshit. They always have done that, and they always they do it now, and they always will do that. Put all those great little grubby lines <laughs> in for the parents that have come. You know, you know what I was thinking though. I don't know that they make a ton of these kind of movies anymore that are big budget, where they're for the kids. Like there's stuff in here for the grown-ups to keep them along. Is, is- where it's, it's at animations for grown-ups and they just kind of make it if it feels like the movies are so good and slick and perfectly measured in every way that it's like for an adult but it's just for grown-ups raising pretentious children yeah exactly yeah <laughs> they use enough like lack of swear words and colorful um palettes and like animals as the vehicle for everything that you put it in front of a kid but this is actually a movie where it's like, nah, this is four kids. It's the John Hughes movies are like that as well. I find like his, his with Home Alone. It's like that is a movie for children, which I dig about it. Yeah, it's I, stuff that kids want to see. Kids love seeing like kids fucking up grown ups, and that's that is the entire premise of Home Alone, and I love that. It's like, what if you, as a nine year old boy, <laughs> Your family fucking bailed and you inherited this mansion and you were just there to fuck up two 50-year-old crooks and you nailed it. And everyone can get in on that pitch. Kids love that pitch because what is the one thing kids don't have? Power. What do they want? Power. 
That's why they go crazy for toys where, like, you push a button and the fucking light and the sound goes, you know? Because it's empowering. That's what's at the heart of uh, Jingle All The Way, is the quest to get the Turbo Man for the kid. It is. Although this kind of goes astray a little bit in that the sort of centre... I mean, the protagonist of this film is Arnie from Way To Go. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he's a grown he's up. meant to be a protagonist, but his, yeah. his role... Anti-hero at best. <laughs> he is a, his charisma uh, carries what is a deplorable character. But again, it comes back to this thing. No one ever addresses his accent and the fact that Arnold Schwarzenegger... It, look, I love the man. He's a bad actor and we need to tell him. And I feel like he's had a whole career of people laughing at him, which he has mistaken for people laughing with him when he's got these roles. And James Cameron is the man responsible because he knew how to use Arnie, which is let's make him a fucking futuristic robot because they talk real weird. So this is good casting. But then these other filmmakers were like, oh, who was that guy from Terminator? He's good at movies. Let's make him an American father. Are you kidding me? The dude, he looks like a, a goddamn demigod sent from Zeus himself. And he, he talks like a robot that's just started to learn how to interface with humans. Uh, yeah. But I yeah, I never, ever, without you there to say it, I never question Zach. I'm like, oh, of course, it's Arnold. He's Arnold Schwarzenegger before he's the character. So you don't need to talk about it. So I'm like, oh, of course, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's exactly how Arnold Schwarzenegger talks. I would be more put off to see Arnold Schwarzenegger in a movie go, wow, howdy. <laughs> I mean, like, who overdubbed Arnold Schwarzenegger? Do you think that at the Academy Awards each year, while he was acting, there should have been, like, best male actor, best female actor, and best Arnold Schwarzenegger actor? (laughs) And it was just like, what was the best movie he made that year of him being Arnie in it? (laughs) But he's doing something different. He's he's doing something a little bit different than everyone else in Hollywood. It's harder. Yeah. (laughs) Learning acting is easy. Becoming such a cult of personality that you are cast for that and only that. Yeah. That's a real triumph. It's quite actually kind of postmodern and quite arty when you think about it. He's he's going in there and everyone thinks he's acting, but he's not. Arnold Schwarzenegger is always Arnold Schwarzenegger being Arnold Schwarzenegger being whoever is in the movie. It's uh, you know? It's the perfect I mean, he's played the he's played his whole hand just brilliantly, hasn't he? He certainly has, and as a result, we kind of have no idea what he's like. It's a very mysterious aura that he's 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 built for himself. Also, I've got a very quick. I've had a visual prompt from the screen for a uh, a real highlight moment for me, which is in the middle of not being able to get these. Um, I like that you're dancing around the word "shining light" because it belongs to a different <laughs> podcast. I'm dancing dance around shit. Uh, <laughs> The in the frenzy to try and get the toy, they they catch wind on the radio. Sinbad and Arnie catch wind of um, oh not from just from a passerby yelling it out his car window, at random <laughs> yeah. that there's been a new batch of um these Turbo Man dolls come into a toy store across town, and they both race to get there, and then they get there, and the store owner's like, yes, we've had a batch of dolls, and we're all gonna, you're going to get one ball, and we'll do a raffle, which is actually quite a mean way of doing it, like a quite a good fair way of yeah, you know. Selling the dolls. In New Zealand, we say mean for cool sometimes. Uh, and then it's like, and also, 
Uh, due to the nature of supply and demand, the dolls are now worth twice as much. And the two like store employees who are just these like you know gargoyles, these lackeys, lackeys, like look at each other and nod knowingly, yeah. like yeah, 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 excellent. We are getting them good. Like they're gonna get even a goddamn dime of this. Not how it works. Markup. What a great way to run a business, though. And this is in a mall as well, so no one else would be doing this, but it's like they make individual deals to just get a shipment of toys, keep them all in that one outlet, and then just figure out the prices the seasons go and try and make it all work. That's how shops started. They're going back to the original marketplace. Let the it's market pretty, decide. It's pretty smart. It's that, and that lends to, a gag, a, lends to a gag that they get right in, um, in the movie, which is... That they've got none of these Turbo Man dolls, which mm. does seem unlikely. I'm like, if Turbo Man's this popular, they're yeah. going to make so many dolls. Ramp up production, eh? Uh, but they do release a lot of uh, Turbo Man sidekick. Is it Boomer? Booster. Booster, who's this anthropomorphic, uh, hot pink, saber-toothed tiger. Yeah. Who is just, which sounds awesome, yeah, right? Which is just like roundly hated by everyone in the world of the movie. Yeah. It's like it's it's the whole thing's played as a gag. Like they have too many dolls in the store, and whenever there's someone's like, we've got boost, everyone's like, boo, no one get it out of here. <laughs> to the point where at the end, Arnold Schwarzenegger becomes Turbo Man accidentally in the Christmas parade, and there's a, a guy who comes in as Booster, and Booster gets punched in the face <laughs> despite being, for all intents and purposes, a perfectly innocent bystander in the story. Gets punched in the face, gets punched so hard in the face that he is thrown off the float and lands in the street and then played for laughs a bunch of kids set upon him after he's been, like, punched out. While leering adults kind of glare over their shoulders. Yeah, and just these kids beat the shit out of Booster after he's been knocked on his ass by someone off the float. And And that's, like, just to show you how much universally... Everybody hates Booster at all and times. Also, how much uh, this movie does not give a fuck. They're just like everything's, I like that, everything's though, eh? a gag. I yeah. do. I love it as well. It was uh, certainly so pacey. Oh my god! Talk about pace. So when you- you're coming from three films named Grown Ups Two, Sex in the City Two, and We Are Your Friends, you get something like this big flashy never a moment of boredom it's great it's not like it's perfect but fuck it's pretty bloody good it makes sense like it just you can ease it's so easy to dip in and out and all the way along it's like if you don't like what the set piece is sitting up right now don't worry about it because there's another one just around the corner absolutely you don't know that one don't worry there's another one coming just around the corner we're just introducing the late great jim belushi as santa claus in, in this cameo a great one this is uh Jim Belushi is alive and well. Is he? Yeah. Oh, fuck. I thought he died. Oh, that's John great. Belushi died. Oh, my bad. Jim Belushi is Jim, uh, the the father from According to Jim. Yeah, I thought he died. Not that I know of. I thought it was like three years ago or so. Was that John Belushi? John Belushi died a while ago because he took too much Yeah, I thought John cocaine. Belushi died like 10 or more years ago. Yeah, he did. Fuck. Is uh, Jim Belushi... Walking Among Us. I'm pretty sure Jim Belushi's doing just fine. These are the questions we ask ourselves. He's cashing in real nice and tidy like on the fact that his older brother or younger brother was funny. He's like... Shots fired from Camp Montgomery. 
Seriously, Castle Montgomery has thrown some cannon fire out there. That's right. And if you're listening at home, Jim, I don't, th- I don't think according to Jim's any good. I think it's a bad show. I don't mind that show, actually. It's one of those ones I know I should hate, but there's something about it that I don't hate. It's just background noise. Yeah. No, it's better than a lot of the other ones, though. It's How good. so? Because he's such an asshole that it's funny. And a lot of those shows in that band, in that genre, they're not prepared to make the the deadbeat dad deadbeat enough. But and according to Jim, he's actually quite a piece of shit. And okay. I dig that. You already know more uh, know more intricately than I do, which means a rebuttal is, is not impossible. <laughs> it's, it's not a bad show. So... I don't know. What's your take on this whole Arnie thing? Like, should he have been allowed to make as many movies as he did? Absolutely. He's like, he was he was box office gold. You know that he's not from America, right? And he's taking all of their jobs. I did not know that. And that does change my opinion a lot. I just hadn't really thought to ask questions about the accent. But yeah. uh, no, now you pointed out. Build the wall, fire Arnie. <laughs> In that order. Oh, man. What we were talking about as well is the fact that the young boy, Jamie, so this is like Arnie's son in the movie, would be, I'm pretty sure, the exact age of Patty Schwartz. You guys delivered to us through a voting process on Patreon and fucking cannot stress enough how much God bless you for getting involved with that campaign. Truly tremendous. Yeah. I don't use that word lightly. You don't. You use Tremendous. it a lot, but never lightly. <laughs> never lightly. Often and heavily. <laughs> so good. So, so good to, to to see that so many care enough to bust your wallets That's... out. Um, Where was I going with that? Arnie's son, Paddy, is probably the same age as the boy in this film. So we feel like we were watching how Arnie probably parents off the, off the screen. Yeah. Like, this is the upbringing that... This... Paddy Schwartz had. I think the reason, in spite of a lot, the a lot of his terrible actions, the reason that Arnie is still likable in this movie is because he always means well. He's terribly misguided in like every guiding principle and decision he makes, but it's uh, because his motivation is so true to get this toy, and his approach to life in the film is so simple. All in real life, if he's indeed playing himself. It's like, I, I cannot begrudge this man any of the decisions he makes because it's like, he's a it's just so, yeah, it's so straightforward what needs to happen. But I would be with you if it wasn't for his temper, which flares often and and to pretty big effect in this movie. And in an increasingly comical fashion. Yeah. There's a lot of cartoon violence, um, but there's a lot of real violence too. One of the most absurd moments of the film is when Arnold Schwarzenegger becomes frustrated and punches a reindeer in the face (laughs) and then proceeds to, by way of apology, get drunk with it on the front steps of the house. Yeah, it is. Pretty good. That's a funny gag. That is very funny. But punching a reindeer is not something you could get away with, I don't think, if you released a Christmas movie in 2016. You couldn't get away with any of this stuff. Like, we demand too much from our movies now. This yeah. is, it's enjoyably dumb. It is, eh? And it does remind you that maybe like, we've gotten a little not, bit precious with certain elements. Not all movies need to be, uh, like, Templates tight, for how to live your yeah, life. And tight, st- and tight stories that are good. It's like, let, 
Let, let them run ragged. Let them have a little bit of gristle, you know? <laughs> I want to see all of Minnesota plays because I, I want a man yeah. in a jetpack taking me through it. When I buy a movie ticket, I want, sure, I want a little bit of rump, you know, but I want a little gristle, a little fat, a little bone. I want a little bit of everything in that <laughs> I meal. I like that. You want to go You want to go back to Denny's like you did as a boy when you went to the cinema rather than, I can't even name a fancy restaurant. I was in Denny's last night. Yeah, you were in Denny's last night. Uh, night before last. With you. Say, yeah, I know. I thought you'd go. I thought you'd enjoyed it so much you'd gone back. Well, someone was, I was at a Christmas party the next night and they were like, oh, were you at Denny's last night? And I went, you know what? It was actually way more this morning. <laughs> I think we were there at about 4 a.m. <laughs> the only time to start, you got to, if you want to start, if you want to get a real jump on the day, yeah. you got to get out of bed yeah. at 3.30. Absolutely. Be at Denny's, to Denny's by 4. Yeah. Have an hour-long power breakfast, heavy on the eggs and taters, and then... That was a good feed. I was surprised by how good their vegetarian burger was. And yeah. they know how to curl a fry. They did know how to curl fries. Had a great chalky shake there. It was 4 a.m., so yeah. you could have literally put <laughs> slop in a trough in front of me, and I would have been grateful. <laughs> I would have turned to the waiter and said, my God, this is good. What do you do to it? And they would have said, we just piss in a trough. And I would have said, that is amazing. Thank you so much for feeding me. Oh, boy. It's good to be back at Denny's. Um, this is the scene where we have, and uh, it's so bad that I've forgotten his name, but the guy who plays Mini-Me. Vern Troyer. Vern. Vern's in this movie, and you pointed out, if, if the chronology's correct, what are you looking for? My water bottle, I found it. Oh, good stuff. Um, this was the year before Austin Powers came out. So he's he's kind of got what would be considered a cameo in this if he was famous yeah. at the time, but I don't think he had had any his big ma- breakthrough His roles main yet. role within it is he gets punched and f- sails uh comically through the air for about 30 meters through a warehouse um and yeah i think he probably had austin powers booked yeah while he was on set here and i'm wondering if if he was sort of balling out on set being like i guess he didn't know austin powers no how one big knew was austin powers be. was gonna be austin not even mike myers would have known that austin powers was gonna be austin powers yeah that thing was a fucking cultural juggernaut bowl we don't talk about Austin Powers enough, and I don't mean you and I, I mean as a people. <laughs> Humans don't talk about Austin Powers enough anymore. I mean, Tim and I are doing our bit, but we feel like we've we're really, we've, we've bitten off more than we can chew. We need you guys to start talking about it a little bit as well. Because it's like climate change. We've all got to do our part for talking, just increasing the international conversation, remembering the importance of Austin Powers. I didn't watch it until about four years after it came out, I think. And I was blown away, yeah. really blown away by how funny it was. I loved it. I loved it so much. What, what was the situation in which you watched it? Uh, uh, Hayden, my school chum, introduced me to it. He was just like, here's a movie. It's really funny. We should watch it. And we did. And then I think I ended up either taping it off the TV, which used to be a thing that happened, kids, and or buying the VHS and I that is the first movie ever and one of the only ones where I could do the whole script from start to finish yeah you're better at that as a kid too I think your brain's a bit more geared oh, for it oh yeah I, I used to be so good at that and that is like schoolyard dynamite oh absolutely you show up I mean four, four years later is admittedly a little dicey 
Yeah, 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 yeah. You shot with your electric Borat impression <laughs> four years after Borat comes out. Uh, but yeah, no, that is... Um, I couldn't agree more, Tim. Austin Powers. Austin Powers. Every, like the merch was... Every, everyone was doing their shitty version of his catchphrases. It was a, yeah. it was a brilliant time to be alive. Yeah. And it just dissipated so quickly. That's the thing for me. And I guess maybe it has everything to do with the sequels. Yeah. You don't mind the second one, eh? No, I didn't mind it at all. And I really don't hate gold... Gold member. Gold member. Mm. Uh, I also don't remember it particularly well. Yeah, I just remember right, right. gold member being like, a schmock and a pancake? Oh, yeah, the Dutch bong and a waffle? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, uh, that's funny. That tickles me to this day. Yeah. Oh, boy. How did Minnesota wind up with this stratospheric it's a weird, galaxy It's a weird stars. choice. You get a few uh, wider shots of the city, mm. and it is, with apologies <laughs> to anyone currently living in Minnesota, fucking bleak. Pretty uninspiring. <laughs> it's winter. Yeah. And to be fair, once you're getting down and dirty within the city and you're in the downtown area, uh it looks like there's some fun stuff going on. Wow, but you don't have to be too kind. I don't know how big our listener base is. <laughs> first I, of all, first of all, get the few people who listen to our show, then get the portion of that who support us on Patreon. Now think about how many of those people could possibly live in Minnesota. I'm not safeguarding myself out of fear of retribution from our admittedly strong and devoted Minnesotan fan base. I am just saying that in the city... A few of the places that you can go to, and just the general fanfare around the parade. It's a pretty high-quality parade. There's a good turnout. There's stuff going on. I think as a city, architecturally and layout-wise, it looks pretty uninspiring. But there's always going to be fun pockets. It's very big of you to admit that. Very diplomatic. I'm not racing there. I'm not... I don't know if the... (laughs) The sort of board of tourism in Minnesota, or whatever you have in Minnesota, uh, Minneapolis, I guess. I don't know if they poured a lot of money into the Minnesotan tourism budget, and they were like, we need more people coming here around Christmas. We've got a script with Arnold Schwarzenegger, who refuses to do any acting now, by the way. He'll just be playing himself in Sinbad. <laughs> Sinbad's so funny, just to even... He was huge at the time this came out, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah, was he? Real, he was one of those ones that I think got real fucking massive real quick and then just... What was the one where he was a genie? I don't know. And don't say... Uh, fuck, what was the Shaquille O'Neal one? Shazam? Is that what it was called? Yeah, I, it's I not say that. that. I, I want to... I think... Maybe I've got this wrong. I think Sinbad was in a genie one too. Maybe there was a spate of genie movies at the time. He was in a movie called House Guest with Phil Hartman. Oh, so this isn't even his first go-around with Phil Hartman. It might have been just before that other one. Huh. But uh, I tried to watch House Guest. I read a, someone wrote something like, House Guest is underrated. If you want to enjoy some good Phil Hartman, watch House Guest. And I watched 40 minutes of it, and I was like... This is hot I, garbage. Uh, yeah, I didn't... might have been tired, but I did not continue. Have you ever seen, uh, what's it called, Talk Radio? The sitcom he was doing? That's what he was doing at the time when he died. That uh, Joe, I think it was Joe Rogan's start of everything. What was it? It was is a sitcom set in a radio station. It was real good. I've seen a couple episodes that are on YouTube. Go and check it out, everybody. I'm pretty sure it's called Talk Radio, but maybe it's not. 
Who fucking knows? Yeah, and if it's not too bad, you're going to have to work a little bit harder. And as you're doing that, you're going to have to think, do I really want to see this or listen to this? See this? Uh, I want to find out what the kid's doing now in this film. Jamie, young Jamie. He looks like um, Anakin Skywalker. Is it the same kid? No, it can't be. I quite like Jamie's performance. There's one one take where they took like, they took the wrong option and it turns out because it's on the phone and for some reason this is I'm totally just guessing here it screams to me that Nom was on the other end and they were treating it like a real phone so he had to pretend with this phone and he just couldn't pull it off real clunker of a set of lines yeah one in particular I can't remember what it is but apart from that I find him uh, charming yeah I, I think he does well he holds his own on screen with Arnie no mean feat and right now... I would describe him as a real pro. Real joy to work with on set. Yeah, I would also do that. And I, I believe the directors did and Arnie did. Uh, but right now, he's probably rightfully sulking, Tim, as is his want throughout a lot of the film. The only thing that will placate his frustration and uh, general distress is going to be this this Turbo Mandel. Yeah. And... Uh, it's pretty remarkable how upset, like how upset he is, and they make a good point of you know showing how shitty Arnie is at being a dad, and like he's got every right this kid to feel feel wrong. He's got a lot of cool toys though. He's got a sick room. Oh my god, he's, what, got, he's like, got a feature wall that's just a life size uh, Captain America above like, his bed. mural. It's amazing. He's got like an incredible Hulk mask on his wall. He's got all this kind of not even like fancy Lego like. Uh, Jamie's life is dope and he does dope shit that's right but you know it still wants Arnie Howie to be around and um, he's like super upset he didn't come and see him get his karate belt uh, and it was really important that he did that and then Arnie's like look what can I do and he's like what if I got you something sick for Christmas and he's like you can get me this doll and as soon as Arnie's like okay I'm going to get you the doll. He's like, Woo, I love you, Dad. You're the best dad ever. Yeah. You're the fucking man. <laughs> it's crazy. And he's already brought up these other times. I guess that's that's true to form for being a kid, though, as well. You know? Yeah. Things are constantly happening. you got to roll with the punches. When you're a kid, God, you have to roll with the punches. They don't let you hold a grudge when you're a kid against anyone. They really try and drill that out of you. But when you're an adult, it's almost like payback time yeah well it's almost encouraged in a way to hold hold a few grudges can i just let everyone know it's a bit of context because obviously you can hear what's happening but you can't feel what's happening i think we are running out of oxygen and in, <laughs> in the room we're in uh, it is a it is a thick wet invite like a like a, a kind of damp hot jungle environment that we're in but there's a lot of CO2 in the air, and I think way less oxygen than is needed or normal. Um, and it's creating quite an interesting atmosphere, a real sleepy vibe, uh, and, and hard to make a distinction between what's true and false and it's also um, relevant and irrelevant. 12.30 on a Sunday night, I've just seen. Oh, my God. So- what are we fucking doing at this point, <laughs> eh? This is... Uh, I'm flying home for Chrissy tomorrow in the morning, quite soon. And this <laughs> is the last thing I'm doing in Auckland for the year. And uh, it feels great. 
to you know it's a time for reflection it's a time for taking stock of uh you know moments i know that thanksgiving's already been yeah but i would like to say how thankful i am because i feel like there's a lot of power with that patreon group to determine what movie we were going to watch someone suggested a serbian movie which i think is um it's the title of I'm pretty sure this real fucking clusterfuck of it's you know it's one of those you don't want to fuck around with. it's like smell you don't fuck around with it um but you guys banded together and the supreme choice was this delightful christmas family movie that's got a bloody beautiful little runtime of an hour 30 <laughs> And it's got Arnie, and it's got Christmas carols, and and it's pretty good. And you delivered us that gift instead of watching us suffer. Yeah. You were given the choice between... Here we are. We're captives. You've got us, okay? We are your prisoners. You can torture the fuck out of us for your own amusement, or you can be nice to us and give us bread and water. This movie is the bread and water from our Patreon group. Yeah, no doubt. Uh... I was so when it was like when you told me today I was like, Well, we're gonna watch Jingle the Way to us. Like I was so happy. I was over the moon and I hope that this going on about it isn't jinxing whatever the next choice well, is. Well, it's certainly making it interesting, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. I my strategy was to not say anything. Oh god. Because I was like I've blown it. Yeah. But who's to say what uh what influence that we have? That was great. Another great moment of uh high not high stakes, but just ramping up the intensity. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's just kicked the door in at a commercial radio station in an effort to win a Turbo Man doll and he <laughs> about to threaten like a huge police force with uh, a bomb yeah but he, he kicks in the door he kicks in the door in it and the glass smashes and I think what's so funny about it is the camera stays on Arnie so it's like it's not paying too much attention but you do see and hear it happening just just on screen only just on screen and it's like that's so great that you you guys went to the trouble of getting breakable glass in there <laughs> yeah. and making that gag and not focusing on it too much you didn't oversell it guys you got it just right you were the phil hartman of setting up a glass crashing gag phil hartman uh his character does not quite fulfill all of his intended goals at the end of the film the main goal he has, um, as an extension of the sleazy characteristics he shows, is a real desire to have sex with Rita? Rita Wilson. Rita Wilson. Who is Liz in this film, Arnie's wife. Mother Liz. of Jamie. Wife of Arnie. Yeah. Conqueror uh, of worlds. And he's angling, because uh, Arnie's in such a fluster and such a frenzy trying to secure this doll. Because as it turns out, he used the doll as leverage to, to, to curry favor with his son. Yeah. And then he went out and he was super pleased and he was like telling his wife about Liz, about how great the experience was. And then Liz is like, oh, that's so wonderful. Hey, you got that doll I asked you to get a few weeks ago, right? And he's like, what? She's like, that turbo man doll that i asked you to get a few weeks ago you got that and he's like oh classic classic howie by the way just throws a huge lie out there oh yeah yeah i got the doll and then so the next day he spends the whole day running around town absolute man is trying to secure christmas the doll. eve p.s and as this is happening phil hartman is just slip sliding into 
he's filling the void completely and playing the role of like a sleazy male friend with... Which I object to because <clears throat> what I read the subtext of, of Phil Hartman's character in this film is communicating to us is divorcees, can't trust them. What a bunch of sinful assholes trying to steal all your women. Fucking, he's kind of, he's laying it on super thick, but I don't know. It's sort of like they've tied up him being the villain of this film with a lot of other stuff like him being divorced, which I feel is incongruent and unnecessary. Uh, I I think it's exclusively for comedy and accordingly. I think it reflects the times. I think it's it's the nineties. We still hate people who are divorced. <laughs> Let's really? fucking pilot. Yeah, yeah, I do. I think there's an element of that to it, for sure. That there was that feeling, and because in America at the time as well, like fucking, I think it's actually started coming coming the pendulum swinging back the other way now. But divorce was like the highest it's ever been in that late eighties, early nineties bit, and it was very front of mind being talked about. Because they didn't quite know what the effects would be. And there was a lot of like bullshit research coming out at the time and news people, you know, ruminating on what the possible effects would be of this generation of I, families with parents I who went together. I love the argument that I think it's batshit to be like, nope, no divorce. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> you said forever. Yeah. Okay. This is, this is better. Yeah. You're not wanting to be here but remaining? This is the healthier option. This is better for everyone. There's a reason we do things the way we do them. You know what our kids benefit from? Two people who hate each other being in their lives forever. It's absolutely bonkers. Uh, Have you got your Kinder Surprise toy at arm's length? Go and find it, bro, because I think that's what we should end this on. Yeah, I think nice, you need to pop man. that open. So look, um, we're we're rounding off to a conclusive note. Guy got us um, a Kinder Surprise egg each as a little reward um, for our efforts this evening. I've just cracked mine open because he insisted that I don't look at the toy until right now. And I can tell you guys, they do not make these things like they used to. I remember as a child getting a metal owl and just being over the moon. That's pretty cool. Shiny, metallic. It was so good. This guy is, um, it's just two bits of plastic and one of them kind of looks like a tree trunk. Well, it's, it's sort of just the scene of a, it looks like a tree trunk, but I think it's a muddy river and you put a puma on top of it. Is that a puma? Are they black? A black panther. Oh, panther. It's a panther. I oh. can't find. Oh, no. That's a real issue. Uh, yeah, that was going to be it was going to feel real conclusive to this guy you probably can't hear what he's saying because he's off mic so he's just kind of muttering to himself over here when I'm listening to the radio I always like it when I hear background action you like a bit of distance and a sense of the room look can you just put yours back in the can you put yours you're recommending that I back in the back in the surprise and I'll take it out okay okay so you want me to just put the pieces in as they were before yeah, and I'll open it. And you will open it this time. I don't even know if I could, actually. It's like trying to reassemble IKEA furniture back to how it Couldn't came in the Couldn't find it. Very bothered. Oh, do you want me to have a look? That's okay. I've got one incoming. Okay. All right. Let me just stuff the second bit of plastic in the... 
fuck, I don't even know how that fits in there, to be honest. What a drama. How do they do it, guys, you know? You ever get that? You probably get a package of something that fits together and then you try to put it back in the box. You go, how'd they get in there in the first place? How'd that fit? I, I do. I I think about that often. It's relatable, often. guy. I have just found... What's the deal with airplane food? Uh, Kinder Surprise toy. Um, I'm very excited to open it. I didn't open it during the film. I'm uh, looking for you one. This is destroying me. I am now opening it, and it has inside of it a small log of wood. And the wood feels real. Um, feels damp, like it's been taken from a beach. And on the other part of it is a small octopus. Uh, very small, about the size of, if you put your thumbs together, about that big. Uh and it's wrapped around the piece of wood. So it's a, a real octopus that's quite slimy, uh, wrapped around a little piece of driftwood. And that is genuinely, to full credit of the people at Kinder, a huge surprise. If not because I saw Tim put back into the uh, container, not moments before, a completely different thing. So I don't know how they've done that. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, you got me. You got me real good and proper. Look, don't worry about it, Tim. It's a lost it's a lost toy. I'll just enjoy this octopus instead. It's in, this, it's in that pile of shit somewhere, I reckon. It's my money. Anyway, we digress. Oh, no. Oh, okay. Another right, terrible no. thing that Arnold Schwarzenegger does in this movie is break into Phil Hartman's Don't house. Open another thread now. And tries to steal the Turbo Man that he's already bought his son because... While he's a total creep, he's actually a pretty good dad. Yeah. He loves that kid. He does love that kid. Um, right. Well, look. This is where it ends. Right now in the movie, we're watching Arnold Schwarzenegger finally come to terms with the fact that he shouldn't be robbing his neighbor's house. It's quite funny. This is the bit where he punches the reindeer as well. Um, it's quite funny because he does almost burn down Phil Hartman's house in this bit too. And he really gets caught red-handed. Yeah, yeah. Rita Wilson forgives him surprisingly easily for all this bullshit, eh? This is quite a weird one. To be caught in someone's house stealing their Christmas presents and almost burning their house down also, and punching their reindeer, that's pretty intense. He gives her no... He, as far as she knows, he's just gone to pick it, pick up the gift from the office. Like, he's, he's been hiding how distressed things are <laughs> from her the whole time. So if she comes in and is like, okay, look, so if it's like... So you're burning the neighbor's house down and stealing toys from under their tree? This is pretty erratic behavior. <laughs> this is a conversation. Yeah. At least. Yeah, yeah. Decisions need to be made at this point, I think. And you really do get the sense that this isn't the first time he's pulled this kind of shit either. There seems to be a bit of a history of it. I love that that character type, though, of just... Hey, you know how I'm going to deal with this problem? Lie my ass off. That'll solve everything. This definitely won't come back to bite me. Yeah. It's always exciting to watch. It is. It's a very excellent natural way to just keep those stakes rising all the time. And that's what you look for in cinema. I know that, Tim. Absolutely. The highest stakes. Get a cow, kill it, chop it up, get a butcher involved, barbecue it, put it on the Empire State. I feel like... It was important for us to get this first uh, bonus podcast mm. right. And 
I think it's fair to say we did that. <laughs> Nailed it. High five, friend. Merry Christmas to us and to you also. Um, this room, again, I don't want to go on about it, but I, I just feel we need to keep painting the picture for you. Real trying circumstances in here. We've been watching in an interesting context, and that context is we're both about to pass out through lack of oxygen. I cannot fathom yeah, look, the it's, smell it's in It's going to be hard for you guys at home to know exactly what we went through, but rest assured, um, it was probably the hottest day of the year today. <laughs> And this room traps it too. It was a muggy heat and it sort of, it was sunny, but then it sort of clouded over just before. So the heat's really trapped, it's, yeah. it's really down there. It stays with you. And it's coming off of us and it's staying inside of the, the bounds of the four walls. And I feel like it's now picking up physical density and pressing, <laughs> and pressing like, down on us. Yeah, like there is going to be resistance when we yeah. get up and, and try and walk like, out of here. I don't know if you've noticed air. this, but I've got a very severe hunch on and I cannot lift my head <laughs> above my shoulders. Oh my God. Okay, well look, we need to, um, for medical reasons, stop this immediately. Guy, thank you for joining me. Oh, thanks a lot for having me. I hope we make it out of this room. And God bless all of you for contributing and listening. We love yeah, all of thank you. you so much. We cannot wait to speak with you in 2017 for the yeah, because uh, the Google Hangouts is a thing. Yeah, we'll it's see. Oh, yeah, options. we'll see you. We'll see you on January second. Oh no, 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 no. We're not going to. No, that's dumb. I didn't tell you that. I thought that was a dumb idea. Everyone will be. It'll be too hard for people to coordinate that. Okay. But I like that you've put it on the hook now and we'll kind of live feedback it. Well, you said it to me and I was like, well, it's going to be a fucking nightmare for everyone. Let's all... No, I don't think that was for the... We don't need to air our dirty laundry on this. Okay. Lots of love, everybody. I thought it would be very funny. It's going to be... That's the rest of the world's first, though. If it's the second for us, that is the day after Chris, uh, New Year's Eve for everyone. Start the year the way you want to end You'll it. You'll just have six people who are like throwing up in a bucket from the night before trying to talk to us online how dare you you uh paint all of our listeners with such a wild inebriated brush i imagine some of them will be uh swilling brandy on the on the plains of the serengeti so still drunk nope not sipping i didn't say sipping i said swilling okay be well, I look forward to one of us being proved wrong uh, very soon. I'll be swilling it for a whole year. Happy Patreon to you all, and to all, a good night. And uh, on this Hallow's Eve, uh, let me be the first to say, have a scary Christmas <laughs> and a spooky New Year. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.